We're on a very exciting study journey here about yourself and your identity. This is going to be an important one today. They're all important, but we want you to stay with us through the sequence of, of all of these sessions. I think it'll be helpful. Apostolic. I'm Dr. Nathaniel Wilson, and I'm glad that you're with us, and we're going to have a great time today. We have been talking about primarily you and your identity, and we have discussed the fact that a person's identity is a big issue, and that it affects every part of our life in ways that we probably aren't even conscious of oftentimes. Uh, it has... Uh, it has so much to do, maybe everything to do, with our self-confidence. It uh, has to do with our self-esteem. Uh, in many cases, it has to do with our frustration level. Of who am I? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? It has to do with our sense of fulfillment and gratification. If we don't have identity, then we don't have any idea where we are on a roadmap towards anything worthwhile. Um, and it can be a great blessing or impediment in terms of a person's um, volition, motive, power, motivation. If we know our identity, then if, if you are whatever that identity is, does there is there a package that comes with that? If I am this, then that means I'm supposed to do this because this is what goes with this identity. Uh, so there's, there's that aspect. So there's so much of this that has to do with our identity. Even if we are considered to be leaders, there's still lots of things that has to do with our identity and that affects our leadership without any question. So a leader can be actually, I don't mean covering sin, but can actually be covering areas of fear in their life or feelings of inadequacy or feelings of, I don't know, I don't know if I belong in that level of leadership. And, and a lot of times they, they would know if they knew their own identity in God. So where do you get this identity? Well, people get identity from a number of places. People get identity from uh, the kind of a semi-quasi-foggy feeling of what society thinks I am, and then we transfer that to ourselves. There's a lot of this that goes on. If somebody says, you know, you are this, it impacts us, and we think about that. If you're a child, you buy into it, and sometimes if you're an adult, you buy into it. There are people that everybody in their life has always told them how cute they are, how smart they were, how good they were, uh, or how um, intelligent they were. And, uh, I mean, it's good to reinforce people, but when that's all they've ever heard, uh, it can become an obnoxious thing where this person is just a bore, where they they just feel like they're the, they're the chief cook and bottle washer and... Uh, the death, the corpse at every funeral, and the bride at every wedding. So these are areas where we, uh, where we see how much identity can mean. Uh, 
I, I could go into other things in this area, but we need to go to the biblical source of one's identity. So when you become a child of God, this whole identity thing takes on another light. When you become a child of God through the study of the Bible, through people who are teachers, through examples from other godly people, maybe everything from parents to siblings to uh, whatever, uh, in some cases children to parents, but examples all over the place, friends and fellow churchgoers and so forth. These people all become part and parcel of where this identity develops. However, there is more to this, and I would contend that a person can never receive the full scope and understanding of their identity if they're a Christian until they have met that identity in an encounter, in most cases, a profound encounter with Jesus Christ, where God himself reveals to them the direction of their life. Now, we call this being called, and every person that lives for God is called. They are called of God. They are called out of sin. And um, in fact, we teach here and in uh, the church that we attend, this is taught. And in the school, this is a, a dictum that is taught in the school, is that identity is found in God. And this identity is extremely necessary for a person to ever reach any close to a semblance of their full identity. There is no other way to receive this except in personal encounter with God. And that personal encounter transforms a person. It is a going back to zero. It's not just taking what they are and dabbing on a little uh, paint here and dabbing on a little uh, uh, a patch there. It is going to the core of what it means to have a new daddy. It's going to the core of what it means to be a part of a new family and to have a new mama. It removes us from the uh, meaninglessness of life that's found in the family of Adam and returns to us to the family of Jesus Christ, which has all meaning and in which everything has meaning even down to the details how one dresses and how one looks and how one talks all of these things are addressed in the bible uh, once a person becomes a disciple of christ everything is vivified everything has uh, meaning that it before was never even thought of and so your body becomes the temple of god your mind becomes uh God's mind, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Your spirit is made whole and robust. And uh, Paul said, I pray that, that all these things may abound in you. So when we talk about identity, uh, if, if you don't live for God, there's some of the things that I'm saying here that would 
uh, be helpful to you, I'm sure. There's general things that can be said about identity. However, to really find one's identity, there has to be a commitment to Jesus Christ. Because we are in Christ, and in him is the resurrected human spirit. Your identity of your own potential will only be found when you are born again and when you come into Christ. And then the process of being born again is not the end of it. Being born, as we all know, is the beginning. And it's a growth process. And so in that growth process, the Bible teaches us that we come to a point in that growth process when God, so to speak, makes an announcement to us and makes an announcement to the world by putting his imprimatur, his approval, his validation, his enablement, his empowerment, his grace, uh, his favor. All of those are, are, are words that are very attuned to what I'm talking about here. He puts that on a person. And from that point forward, that person is, is different than ever before. And this this happens in society. This is a, this is a real thing. This is a real profound thing. I, I had a friend, uh, 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 my, well, he's actually my brother-in-law, that um, he's now an older man. Uh, I think he's in his early 80s. He, um, so he, he walks for exercise. And uh, he was walking in a mall one day, just observing things and walking up and down and, and exercising. And he stopped and went into a fragrance store for aftershave and, um, I don't know, shaving things and whatever. And um, he went in, and the lady behind the counter was like 35 years old. This just happened here a month ago or so. Um, he went in, and... Uh, she said, how can I help you? And so he bought some cologne or aftershave, whatever it was. And uh, she said, so what are you doing today? And he just, she's just being civil. And she, um, and he said, well, today I'm doing thus and so. And he talked about it. And he said, that, that is the Lord willing. And when he said the Lord willing, she stopped. And she said, you remind me of a man. And he said, okay. She said, there was a man when I was nine years old. I was raised in a Catholic church. And my folks were all Catholic. But there was a man that drove a Sunday school bus. And she said, I was nine years old and I loved Sunday school. So I would get on that Sunday school bus and go to Sunday school. And she said, that man impacted my life. Said his wife would actually ride the bus with him lots of times. And, uh, and that man impacted my life. And she said, you remind me of him. Now, the man that drove the bus some 30 years before in her life was the father-in-law of myself and of this man. And so uh, he said, well, where did you ride this bus? It was in a whole different city, complete different city. She told him where she rode the bus and, 
he said, describe the man for me. And so she did. They don't look anything alike. They don't talk alike. Their personalities are not alike. And, but she said, you remind me of that man. She, he said, well, he said, I knew that man. He said, that man was my father-in-law. And uh, he began to talk to her. And he said, I pastor a church over here. He said, I'm going to give you a card. Uh, I'm going to come back by and see you again. And, um, uh, and I'm going to be praying for you. And so here is, a, a, this is the impact of a person. Now, my father-in-law was an old living under the bridge drunkard many, many years ago when he got the Holy Ghost. When he got the Holy Ghost, it so radically changed his life. He never drank another drop. He never smoked another cigarette. He never told another dirty joke. He never did any of those things. When he got the Holy Ghost, he really got it. And he spent his life. He found his purpose. Not all of it, but part of that purpose was in that bus where he impacted hundreds, probably thousands of people's lives. In fact, the brother-in-law that was talking to this lady, my brother-in-law that was talking to this lady, was one by riding his bus many years before she rode that bus. And so for 55 years, he found his identity in going to these homes and talking to people and bringing them to Sunday school. And then the parents would come and get the Holy Ghost and their lives became transformed. All of this is because this man who had nothing, who lived under a bridge, this man found identity and became not only an upstanding citizen and a very successful business owner, but became a, a firebrand for helping other people to find their identity. So I would say to you today, this is, sounds evangelistic, but I would say to you today that I mean, if you're just sick of, I mean, if you want to re remain a sinner, then have at it. But uh, if you're just sick of, of being purposeless and you're, you're, you're just tired of not having direction in your life, then the first thing you've got to do is meet Jesus Christ. That is the key to identity. He said, I am the life. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. And so... Um, that's the first thing that has to happen. Now, for those of us who are already saved, but we're still wandering around trying to find more specific purpose in our lives, then that is a signal that we have not come to a place of radical encounter with our Lord. Because when that happens, the byproduct of that encounter is that he directs us and gives us direction for our lives. He either gives it to us in a vision, he either gives it to us with motivation that just is like zeal eating us alive, or he'll give it to us with advice that comes from somebody that God has put in our life. But we will know, we will know. And when we receive that identity, a man's ministry that may be like that big becomes like that big. There is, it is, it is so tremendously transforming um, that it's impossible to fully describe. So we're on this trip here about you and your identity. Today, the conclusion of this needs to be that we say, all right, God, I want you. You're the source. 
I'm made in the image of God. Where else can I go? I want you to direct my life as never before. But if you really mean it and you really pursue that path, you're going to find a world that you never even dreamed existed.